Welcome to non-Sunday school. We'll get started as soon as the worship ends. I'll put you in front, in front of my melody. You are all that matters. You are all that matters. I'll make room for two. You and I, Jesus, you are all that matters. You are all that matters. Oh, hey, oh. you are all that matters. Oh, hey, oh. you are all that matters. Oh, hey, oh. you are all that matters. I 
We came to love on him tonight. You are all that knows. Everybody sing it. Oh, Blessings and grace. Welcome to non-Sunday school, y'all. Blessings, blessings to everyone in the live studio. Welcome, Sister Jamie. Let me turn off this music. Welcome, Sister Jamie. I see you in the studio. Blessings to you. God's favored uh, rabbi. Any of you that's listening from the live stream on the website, um, faizimani.com, welcome. Um, Non-Sunday School is an interactive Bible study, so if you desire to be interactive with us on tonight, come on over from my website and jump on the Podbean app with us so you can join us in the live studio. That way you can chat amongst one another, and you can also ask questions once I'm done with the teaching on tonight. Um, the great thing about this being interactive is that you do get to ask those questions because a lot of times when you're going to church on Sundays, you hear the preach word, but you don't get to ask your pastor questions usually after the sermon. So by having the interactive Bible study, if it's something that you need more understanding about or something, you know, maybe just giving your feedback on, we can actually interact with one another. Iron sharpens iron. So anyway, we do, I think I have the feature turned on tonight where if you want to interact, you can call in. We'll see how that works. If some of you want to try that out on tonight, if not, 
um, you can still just give your feedback in the chat. But I got that going because I do want to get back into doing the um, the deliverance sessions for the Friday night fire. So we'll be getting back to that um, pretty soon as well. So I'll be praying for that intercessors that we'll be able to get back to doing the, the live deliverance for Friday night fire. But let's go ahead and get started with prayer on tonight. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you again for blessing us to come back together as students of your word. We ask you, Holy Spirit, right now to take over the atmosphere. Thank you for anointing my tongue to release every word that the Father has given me to release to a sheep on tonight. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your anointing resting on every word, not just for those on the live, but also those who will come back and listen to the replay. Holy Spirit, thank you for your anointing still being present even on the replay. In the name of Jesus, I submit this atmosphere to you, and I thank you in advance. Thank you for the word that shall go forth on tonight. Let it produce much fruit in the lives of every person that hears it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Blessings. And Sister Jamie, before I get started, do me a favor. Let me know if my audio is sounding okay for you. And then we'll jump into the lesson. Awesome. Thank you. So we are going to go ahead and get started. Um, again, so on tonight, we're in the middle of a series. We're actually coming to the end of a series, unless the Lord says otherwise for next week. But this is probably going to be the last lesson of this series. But we're in the middle of a series, the ABCs of prayer. And on tonight, we're talking on part four of this series. And part four is levels and authority. We actually started levels and authority the week before last. So we're actually doing levels and authority in a two-part session. So if you did not catch the last lesson, make sure you go back and catch that last lesson, which is part one of levels and authority, okay? And you can find that on my website, faizaimani.com. You can also, of course, listen to the replays on the Podbean app as well. So again, welcome to non-Sunday school. Um, so in part one of the ABCs of prayer, we discuss lessons on forgiveness. In part two, we discuss lessons on faith. In part three, um, like I said, we started talking about levels and authority in prayer. We discussed the four different levels of prayer, including prayers of petition, prayers of supplication, prayers of intercession, and prayers of travail. We also started talking about authority in prayer, and of course, we ran out of time, so we're continuing that conversation on tonight with Levels and Authority Part 2. If you don't have your Bible, feel free to go to BibleGateway.com so you can follow along with us tonight as we go over this lesson. As I always say on non-Sunday school, you never take anybody's word for what's in the Bible. Make sure you are looking at that word for yourself. So we always go through a lot of scripture on non-Sunday school. So if you don't have your own physical Bible, go to BibleGateway.com so you can read along. Um, like I always tell you, I read from the NASB version as well as the King James version. So if you're reading and following along and what I'm reading doesn't match exactly what you're reading, is because I'm reading from the other version. All right, so let's jump into the lesson, y'all. So on last week or the last lesson, we discussed spiritual rank. Again, we tapped into authority and levels of prayer. So we discussed spiritual rank in the last lesson. 
And we learn that everybody is not on the same rank. And what determines spiritual rank is how much a person is submitted to God. We also discussed spiritual jurisdiction and how important it is to make sure you're operating in the place or the mountain that God has called you to. So we talked about the seven mountains of society. Again, go back and listen to the other lessons in the series so that way you'll get everything that God is trying to teach us about the ABCs of prayer and the levels and the authority of prayer. So go back and listen to that. So we also discussed power and authority and how you have both. You have power and authority, but the devil only has one. He only has power, but we have power and authority. So he has power, but he does not have authority unless we forfeit our authority over to him. All right, so let's look deeper. We're gonna pick up where we left off on last week. So let's look deep, not last week, but the week before last, because we were off last week. But let's look deeper at authority in prayer. Again, you have power and authority. The devil only has power, but you have power and authority. And when praying, you must pray from that position of power and authority. So you have to know the power that God has given you through the name of Jesus. And if you don't understand that power, then your prayer life will be powerless. So we're going to do a quick recap just so we can catch up everybody uh, you know with just making this like one whole lesson about authority and prayer so i'm going to do a quick recap of what i went over the last lesson about authority and prayer and this is the recap so we said that before you can operate with authority in prayer there are three there are a few things you have to understand so before you can operate with authority in prayer there are a few things you must understand number one there is a difference between power and authority. We went over that. So there is a difference between power and authority, and you must know your authority. We talked about the spiritual jurisdiction. I'm not going to go back over that tonight because I don't want to waste time going over something that I've already gone over, but that's this is something that you have to understand. I'm going to give this scripture, though, Luke 10, 19, and it says, Behold... I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. We went over this last week. We're going to talk about this some more tonight. So that was a King James version. The NASB version says, and this is Jesus talking to his disciples. The NASB version, which is again, the closest version to the actual Hebrew and Greek translation that it says, behold, I've given you authority, authority, not power, but I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing will injure you. So on last week or the last lesson, I gave the illustration about the cop car, the car that was speeding, how the cop was out of his jurisdiction so he couldn't enforce the law because he didn't have authority with where he was. So again, go back and listen to that because I want to make sure you understand what I'm talking about tonight because I'm breezing through the beginning um, instead of going back over it. Just know that there is a difference between power and authority and authority is always going to trump power. Authority trumps power, okay? All right, so Matthew chapter 10, verse one, 
This is also the NASB version. It says, Jesus summoned his 12 disciples and gave them authority over unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal every kind of disease and every kind of sickness. So both of those places where you're seeing where Jesus gave the disciples authority, which we're his disciples, so he's also given us authority, um, which means we also have authority in prayer. But both of those places where you see the word authority is the Greek word exesti, and that's E-X-E-S-T-I, meaning the lawful power to act or the authority to act. So Jesus has given us that lawful power. It's like we've been deputized. We got a badge. We're spiritual law enforcement. We have the authority to enforce the law. We have the authority to enforce God's law in this earth. So because we have that authority to enforce the law, whenever the devil is trying to act up, flexing his power, just remember you got authority over his power. So you have to exercise that authority. So we said it was a few things that you have to understand, right? It's a few things that you have to understand before you can operate with authority in prayer. So that was number one, um, that you have to know the difference between power and authority. Number two, you have to understand that the fight is in the spirit and not the natural realm. In other words, you have to operate from the spirit realm and not from the earthly realm. If you don't get this, you're going to be spiritually defeated, even though Jesus gave you the authority and the power to not be defeated. So again, we talked about the third heaven and how we operate as spiritual beings. We went over Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So you have to understand that scripture or else you will not have, you will not be able to exercise your authority in prayer. You cannot fight in the spirit realm trying to fight flesh. That means you got to take your mind off of people. You got to take your mind and, you know, you can't be offended by what people say to you. You can't be walking in unforgiveness and all this stuff because that's flesh. That's walking in the flesh. And if you're walking in the flesh, then you're not operating from the third heaven, which is where you need to be operating from in order to exercise that authority over the devil who is in the second heaven. And again, we went over the third heaven, the second heaven, the first heaven. We went through that last last lesson. So make sure you go back and listen. I'm just recapping so you, everybody can get caught up. So that was the second thing you have to understand is that we're fighting in the spirit and not in the flesh. The third thing you have to understand is what I just said. You have to understand your position in the third heaven. You have to understand that it's not your power and it's not your authority that you're standing in, but you're standing in the dunamis power of the Holy Ghost and you're standing in the authority of the name of Jesus. All right. So when you're operating in that third heaven, you're seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. That means the devil is under your feet because he operates in the second heaven. That's where his headquarters are. That's where the spiritual warfare and all the spirits and all that's where all that stuff takes place in the second heaven. The earth that we live in, the sky above you that you look at, that's the first heaven. So if you're not operating in the third heaven and you're operating in the flesh, that means that you're operating in the first heaven. If you're operating in the first heaven by operating in your flesh and the devil is in the second heaven, that means that by you operating in your flesh, the devil is over you. 
because remember he's in the second heaven so you gotta understand if you want to operate in authority in prayer or authority in general in this earth you have to stay seated in heavenly places you have to stay seated in that third heaven and do not let the devil bring you down for nothing you don't let him tempt you to start walking in your flesh stay above him in the name of jesus so on tonight we're gonna continue that again for those of you who are just joining us we're wrapping up a series the abc's of prayer we're talking about levels and authority in prayer on tonight we talked about part one of it on the week before last we're doing part two of it on tonight so we're continuing on tonight with the authority of the intercessor the authority of the intercessor so as I speak about the authority of the intercessor I'm also speaking about prophets and seers and intercessors so when I say intercessors I'm talking about that whole group that whole group and why am I doing it like that I'm doing it because all prophets are intercessors you will not meet a prophet that's not an intercessor if you do that's a false prophet okay all seers are intercessors and you have so when i say intercessor know that it also includes that entire prophetic group of individuals the prophets the seers and just the intercessor the intercessor is a type of prophet the only thing is they're like a non-confrontational prophet i'm gonna get into that in just a moment but they are prophets in the earth. They are God's prophets in the earth. It's just they're prophesying to the earth. They're not necessarily prophesying to individuals. They may, if the Lord leads them to do that, but for the most part, they are prophesying to the earth, God's will, so that God's will can happen in the earth. Because in order for things to happen in the earth, we have to speak it, we have to release it, because God has given us all dominion and authority in the earth. He will not step in and get involved into the matter of me, matters of men unless we invite him to come in so that's where the intercessor comes in but the intercessor has to be prophetic they have to know god's will and they have to speak and release god's will into the earth so while, again while i'm talking about the authority of the intercessor i'm speaking on intercessors prophets and seers okay so all three of those are intercessors let's look at scripture so isaiah chapter 59 verses 1 through 16 it says behold the Lord's hand is not shortened that it cannot save, neither his ear heavy that it cannot hear. But your iniquities have separated between you and your God, and your sins have hid his face from you that he will not hear. For your hands are defiled with blood and your fingers with iniquity. Your lips have spoken lies, your tongue hath muttered perverseness. None calleth for justice, nor any pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies. They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. They hatch cockatrice eggs and weave the spider's web. He that eateth of their eggs dieth, and that which is crushed breaketh out into a viper. Their webs shall not become garments, neither shall they cover themselves with their works. Their works are of iniquity, and the act of violence is in their hands. Their feet run to evil, and they make haste to shed innocent blood. Their thoughts are thoughts of iniquity. Wasting and destruction are in their paths. The way of peace they know not, and there is no judgment in their goings. 
they have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goeth therein shall not know peace. Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold, obscurity. For brightness, but we walk in darkness. We grope for the wall like the blind, and we grope as if we had no eyes. We stumble at noonday as in the night. We are in desolate places as dead men. We roar all like bears and mourn sore like doves. We look for judgment, but there is none. Or salvation, but it is far off from us. For our transgressions are multiplied before thee and our sins testify against us. For our transgressions are with us and as for our iniquities, we know them. In transgressing and lying against the Lord and departing away from our God, speaking oppression and revolt, conceiving and uttering from the heart words of falsehood, and judgment is turned away backward, and justice standeth afar off, for truth is fallen in the street, and equity cannot enter. Yea, truth faileth, and he that departeth from evil maketh himself a prey. And the Lord saw it, and it displeased him that there was no judgment. And he saw that there was no man and wondered that there was no intercessor. Therefore, his arm brought salvation unto him and his righteousness, it sustained him. So for Isaiah 59 verse 16 in the NASB version, um, in, well, in the King James version, it said he wondered that there was no intercessor. But in the NASB version, it says, and he was astonished that there was no one to intercede. Astonished is actually the Hebrew word shamim. And remember, the NASB version is the closest version to what God is saying. It's closest to the original Hebrew as you can get. Um, so it actually said God was astonished. But that word astonished is the Hebrew word shamim. And that's S-H-A-M-E-M. -E and that means to be desolated or appalled to be horrified, it means to cause consternation. And consternation means a feeling of strong annoyance and anger, usually because of something bad you cannot change or that is completely unexpected. So basically it's saying that God was annoyed that all of this stuff is going on in the earth and he was annoyed and angry that there was no intercessor that there was no intercessor. It was unexpected that there would not be an intercessor standing in the gap to intercede, looking at everything that was going on. So God is God, he's sovereign, even though he's given us dominion in the earth to, to, to make, you know, to call down his perfect will, he's sovereign. So if it ever got to the point where there was no intercessor standing in the gap, God can just step in and move like he wants to because he's God. However, there should always be intercessors on the watch. There should always be an intercessor watching on the watch. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but there should always be an intercessor. Do not let God become annoyed by you because you're not on your assignment or your post as an intercessor. When he wakes you up at two or three o'clock in the morning, 
and he's waking you up you think you just getting up to go use the restroom and then you go use the restroom but you still can't go back to sleep so you're laying there awake for two hours first of all he's not gonna let you go back to sleep because you're supposed to be on your watch so if you're not gonna sleep if you're not gonna pray you're not gonna sleep either so you just ask me how i know <laughs> ask me how i know because i've been there <laughs> where i just got up and i'm like lord i want to go back to sleep <laughs> i don't i don't feel like praying right god has changed me thank god i'm on my watch now but I've been there where it's like you got to get up and you got to go to work at eight o'clock in the morning and God is waking you up at five o'clock in the morning to pray. And it's like you want to get that last little bit of sleep in and you don't want it. You trying to just you just laying there. So basically, I'm laying there from five o'clock until eight o'clock. I didn't go to sleep. <laughs> I wanted to go to sleep. And I know some of y'all got to be laughing in the in the on the live stream because if you a true intercessor i know you've been there before where it's like lord can i please just go back to sleep can i pray about this at nine o'clock in the morning do i have to pray about it at four o'clock in the morning <laughs> but what i have learned is that when he wakes you up during those early morning hours you may as well go on and get up pray and you don't look that early in the morning, it ain't about a guessing game. If I'm going to be up at 3 o'clock in the morning, 4 o'clock in the morning, praying as an intercessor, you best believe I'm going to be praying in the spirit because I don't want to be hidden and missing. If God is waking you up to be on your watch at 3 in the morning, it means it's something very important that you need to be praying for and you don't want to be hidden or missing. You have that authority in the earth to stop, block, or prevent whatever it is that he woke you up to do. I, I remember it's like sometimes I'll wake up and I'll be praying. It's like I'll see visions of something happening in another country. Like maybe a little girl, this happened one time. It was like I saw a little girl in a room and she was about to be molested. But I'm praying in the spirit and Holy Spirit is downloading to my spirit. Like call out, stop buying that spirit of perversion, buying that spirit of molestation that's trying to go over in China and molest that little girl. Somebody had to be on the watch to pray that thing away. So you may not always know who you're praying for, what you're praying for, but if Holy Spirit wakes you up to pray and intercede, just pray in the Holy Ghost until the burden lifts and he lets you go back to sleep, all right? Because you, he would not be waking you up if you didn't have authority. He would not be waking you up if you didn't have authority. So exercise that authority. He gave you that authority for a reason. Everybody don't have that authority. We talked about that last week. Everybody is not a general. Everybody does not have that authority in the army of God. You have it. So when he wakes you up, it's like a SOS. Like, I need you to wake up right now. I need you to pray in the spirit right now. You don't have to understand it, but Holy Spirit is releasing things through you. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because that was for somebody, whether on the live or whether on the replay. If God is waking you up, God is waking you up is because he needs you to exercise that authority in the earth. He needs you to stand in the gap for somebody. All right. So God, don't, don't, don't annoy God. Don't make God angry because you're not on your watch and you refuse to intercede. May God wake up the slumbering intercessors. Holy Spirit, wake up the sleeping intercessors in the name of Jesus. Let them awake all over the body of Christ. Call them back on their post, Lord, in the name of Jesus. We need them.
So the role of the intercessor is to stand in the gap between God and man. They stand in the gap between God and man. You could actually like just envision it where the intercessor is in the middle. One of their hands is holding God's hand. The other hand is holding the hand of the person they're praying for. And the intercessor is that bridge. And remember I told you on last week that you're not a true intercessor unless it's Jesus being the intercessor through you, unless it's Holy Spirit being the intercessor through you. So even though it looks like you're the one holding that person's hand and you're the one holding God's hand, really you're a placeholder because it's really Jesus in you that's interceding for that person. It's really Holy Spirit in you that's interceding for that person. You're just the placeholder in the earth because... The earth is man's dominion okay so the role of the intercessor is to stand in the gap between god and man but not only do they stand in the gap between god and man they also stand in the gap between the heavens and the earth that's their authority that's the authority that god has given them anything going on them in the earth anything going on in the earth that does not align with god's perfect will as an intercessor, you have the prophetic authority to speak and release into the earth God's will. That's the authority that he's given you. So it's not just about you praying and standing in the gap for a person. You have the responsibility to stand in the gap between heaven and earth to make sure that anything in this earth that does not align with what heaven has said, and you know what heaven has said because it's in God's word. You, whatever is in God's word is God's will. So anything you see and happening in the earth that does not align with God's perfect example, abortion, right? And you have all of these, uh, the whole situation where they're, they were trying to legalize, uh, they, they legal, legalize it in some states and did not legalize it in other states. Well, as an intercessor, you know that God does not want children and babies to be murdered and killed so when you see that then as an intercessor though you're not necessarily standing in the gap for a specific individual you're bridging the gap and you're disallowing that in the earth you're disallowing that abortion to happen in the earth you're speaking and decreeing that the laws will change in the earth to line up with god's will you're speaking and decreeing in the earth that god will move those unrighteous judges out of the place uproot them from their seats however he needs to uproot them from their seats and plant in those seats people who are going to legislate according to the kingdom of heaven that's your authority as an intercessor so it's not just about standing in the gap between god and man you stand in that gap between the heaven and the earth to make sure god's perfect will goes forth in the earth okay all right so so let me get back to my spot yes so the the intercessor and again when i say intercessor i'm also talking about prophets and seers as well okay they're all intercessors they have to be intercessors all right but they have been given the lawful power to act remember that's that hebrew word exist no greek word existy when Jesus said he's given the disciples power, he's given them authority. So he's given you as an intercessor, he's given you lawful power to act and move anything in the earth that does not align with God's plan. Stop sleeping on your authority. Stop letting the devil punk you like you ain't got no authority. You got authority. He can't just run amok in the earth like he wants to. 
unless the intercessors are sleeping and we're not awake and we're not praying and binding and loosening and exercising our authority in the earth. If we don't exercise our authority in the earth against evil, against darkness, then darkness is going to take over. Exercise your authority as an intercessor. So moving on though, Amos chapter three, verses seven through eight, it says, surely the Lord God does nothing unless he reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets. Again, intercessors fall into the group of prophets. Um, verse eight, it says, a lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Lord God has spoken. Who can but prophesy? So don't overlook that word secret. Don't overlook that word secret. He reveals his secret counsel to his servants, the prophets, before, again, which includes intercessors. But that word secret is the Hebrew word sod, S-O-D, and it means circle, company, consultation, counsel, fellowship, gathering. So basically, it's, 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 that scripture is basically saying that God is having that consultation with his prophets. He's giving you his counsel. He's meeting with you. He's gathering with you to let you know. It's like you have a classified information from God himself. Everybody don't get this information. It's secret counsel. It's secret counsel, but he reveals it to his servants, the prophets, his servants also, which includes the intercessors. So it's a secret. Hold on to that word secret because I'm going to go some talk about that again in just a moment but it's secret it's secret you well god shows you you don't go around blabbing it out to everybody because it's a secret and that's maybe why some have not really started elevating in their call as an intercessor yet is because they don't know how to keep their mouth shut when God has called you to be an intercessor, he shows you things that other people don't see, not for you to go and tell them what God showed you or to ask their opinion about what God showed you to see if they see the same thing you know. God told you for a reason because he wants you to stand in the gap. He wants you to stand in the gap and intercede for it. Okay, so it's a secret and intercessors are God's secret weapons. They are handpicked and chosen by God to know his secrets. So that means to be an intercessor, again, God has to be able to trust you with spiritual intel. He has to be able to trust you with the spiritual intel. You can't, you can't just, just hold it. Whatever he shows you is between you and God. Be, when God shows you something, before you go and share it with anybody, you always ask God, does he want you to share it with somebody? And usually he's going to say no, because when you start sharing stuff that God shares with you, with other people, then it turns, it gets perverted and it gets turned into gossip. Okay? So usually it's going to be between you and God and the earth. <laughs> so whatever he tells you, Treat it as classified information. It's secret. It's spiritual intel straight from the heart of God. So to operate in true authority as an intercessor, you must operate from a healed place. That means you can't be out here praying for people through the lens of your traumatic experiences. Those are witchcraft prayers. All right. So like if God is showing you spiritual intel on a person, because remember, 
You stand in the gap between the heavens and the earth, but you also stand in the gap between God and men. So if God is showing you spiritual intel on a person, you got to be able to pray for that person from not, not, not with the perspective of something that you're going through. Perfect example. Let's just say he showed you that, um, trying to think of a good example. Um, let's just say, I can't think of a good example. Maybe somebody's went through abuse or something or molestation. Maybe he's showing you that somebody is going through molestation and maybe you went through molestation as well and you never got healed from it. So now God is trying to get you to pray one thing about the situation, but because you never got healed, you're praying and you're interceding for that situation from your place of hurt. So instead of praying God's will, you're praying from your traumatic experiences. So you're praying how you would feel about the situation, what you would have done in a situation, and basically your will and not God's will. So as an intercessor, you got to make sure that you're operating from a healed place. Another example, maybe um, you've been through abuse, maybe domestic violence, and maybe God has you praying for somebody who they're in a relationship. And let's just say maybe their husband hit them one time, which no time is okay, but I'm just saying for an example, their husband hit them one time. They were truly repented. They were truly sorry. God is not trying to dis, you know, separate the marriage or anything like that. So God may call you as an intercessor to, to pray against the hand of the enemy in that marriage and that God will reconcile the marriage. But because you've been through abuse and you left your husband and you never got healed, now God is trying to get you to pray for reconciliation over here, but because you never got healed, you're praying for them to divorce and be separated because you never got healed from the abuse that you went through. And so I hope you're, get, you're getting what I'm saying. So make sure that as an intercessor, you are operating from a healed place. It's always good as an intercessor to just get on the altar before God and say, God, if there's anything in me that's not healed, show it to me. I remove the band-aid, Lord, heal those wounds. Show me places that I'm numb in my life that maybe areas that I swept under the rug, I didn't want to deal with them because it hurt too much. Lord, help me to remove those things. Help me to lift the rug. Help me to lift the rug and expose all of those hurt places so you can heal me so I can be effective in ministry, so I can be effective with intercession, so I can stand in the gap for others with true, authentic anointing and power and authority over the enemy. Because if the enemy, if he can find something in you, then you're not going to have authority over him because he's got something in you. So make sure he doesn't have anything in you or on you. Everything in you, just let it be light. So may God expose any darkness that may be trying to hit, hide through unhealed wounds in the name of Jesus. So some you may have to pray. You may have to go on a fast after asking God to show you any unhealed places. I've done that a lot where I'm like, God, show me areas where I may not be healed. And then you think you're completely healed, but then you go on that fast. And then during that fast, he starts revealing some things to you like, you be like, oh man, that's 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 true. All right, well, Holy Spirit, help me with this. Help me to help help me to you know heal that wound. Be that healing balm for that wound. 
So you may have to go on a fast just so you can operate from a truly healed place as an intercessor so you can pray God's will for others and not pray through the lens of your traumatic experiences. So the authority of the intercessor will never, ever, ever, ever supersede the authority of God's word. The authority of the intercessor would never supersede the authority of God's word. If God didn't say it, the intercessor won't pray it. And this is how you can usually uh, pick out two true intercessors, those who have truly been called to intercede and those who just praying, prayers of petition, prayers of supplication or whatever. A true intercessor, they're not going to pray it if God don't say it. And that's why you can have somebody who maybe carnal they'll come to a true intercessor they'll come to them with a prayer request and then after that intercessor prays for them they'll kind of like be silent or give that intercessor a side eye <laughs> because they're like that's not what i asked you to pray for well intercessors again if god don't say it the intercessor won't pray it perfect example so you uh, somebody may come to a true intercessor saying pray that god gives me a husband Pray that God gives me a spouse. So they come to you saying, pray that God gives me a spouse. And then all of a sudden the intercessor, they don't pray God give them a spouse. They say, God, help this person to get close to you. God, help this person to submit to you. God, help this person to start making time for you so that they know how to treat their spouse. <laughs> when the spouse comes along that's not what that person wants to hear you pray but this is what god is telling you needs to be prayed so when i say that the, if god didn't say it the intercessor won't pray it i mean god's logos word and i mean god's rhema word so if somebody comes to you asking for prayer and god is whispering in the intercessor's ear no don't pray that pray this don't pray that pray this it's like that intercessor is going to pray what God is telling them to pray and not what that person wants to hear. Another example, somebody may come to you saying, um, pray the Lord blesses me to, um, I don't know, get this business off the business off the ground that somebody invest in my business that somebody invests in my business so i can launch this product or whatever so they come to you asking you to pray that but then holy spirit whispers in your ear that they don't know how to manage their finances that they borrow money and they don't give money back so now holy spirit has got you over here praying about lord help them to fulfill their obligations show them father how to be a good steward over what it is that you have already blessed them with so that the door will open for you to bless them with more. Well, that's not what that person asked you to pray for. They want you to pray for a blessing to come right now. But God is telling you, no, nah, I don't pray for that. They ain't ready for that yet. I need you to pray for this. So the intercessor is always going to pray what God says and not what a person wants them to pray. All right. So a true intercessor does not concern themselves with what you ask him to pray. Their ears are always going to be on God's heart and they will only pray what God tells them to pray. All right. They have their ear, like literally envision them having their ear on God's heart. Like they hear God's heartbeat. They have to hear God's heartbeat because that's their calling. So not only 
Will the authority of the intercessor never supersede the authority of God's word, Logos or Rhema, but the authority of the intercessor will also never supersede the will of another human being? Can't do that. You can stand in the gap and you can pray for people. You can stand in the gap between God and man and you can intercede for the person all day. But if that person doesn't want to change or if that person don't want God, you cannot make them want God. So yes, you can stand in the gap. You can keep interceding for them, praying that, you know, the strong man of deception, which usually it's going to be the strong man of deception that's like the strong man over the situation. So if that you can pray that that strong man of deception will stand down in their lives long enough for them to hear the truth and then pray that God delivers them from the truth. But once they hear that truth, if they still don't want to turn, you cannot make them turn. You cannot force your will as an intercessor on another individual. And sometimes it'll get to the point where God will say, stop praying for the person. Remember, you're God's weapon in the earth. You're not man's weapon. So God has you in position to stand in the gap and intercede for others. But once God says, don't intercede for them anymore, and I've had that happen several times where God is like, don't pray anymore for that person because they're not trying to hear me. They don't want me. They don't want to do right. Just they know my truth. They're just choosing to ignore my truth. When God says that, then it reminds me of um, David and Saul. I think it was a story of David and Saul where something happened and God was like, well, how long are you going to weep? How long are you going to mourn for Saul? Once God says, stop coming to him about that person, you stop coming to him about that person. Otherwise, you're stepping over into disobedience. All right? So, yes. The authority of the intercessor is not going to supersede God's word. It is not going to supersede the will of another person. That being said, um, well, I'm going to get, no, I'll go ahead and say that right now. If I repeat myself in just a minute, <laughs> excuse me, but I want to make sure that I say this because I can't remember if I got this in my notes or not. So even though you cannot supersede the authority, of the will of another person, I want to say too that when God um, as far as the authority of the intercessor, when God gives you an assignment to pray for somebody, know that it's your authority as an intercessor. You have to see that assignment all the way through. What that means is you really have to have your ear to God's heart concerning that individual. Because if God is not saying, don't stop praying for the person, but you're getting frustrated because every time you pray for them, it's like... <laughs> they go and do something crazy to the point where you just don't want to pray for them no more. No, you have to stay on the watch. As an intercessor, your responsibility is to speak, operating your authority, and you keep operating your authority until earth aligns with what heaven has said about that person. Again, it's very important you got your ear to the heart of God because if God says keep praying, that means you got to keep praying for that person until you birth out what God has showed you about that person. You're not overriding that person's will. You're just continuing to stand in the gap between them because God is saying, I'm not giving up on them. I'm not giving up on them. Keep standing in the gap. They can't fight for themselves right now. So I'm sending you to stand in the gap to be that bridge. You fight. You know how to fight in the spirit. You fight. You put on your boxing gloves and you knock the devil out on this person's behalf, all right? 
So you gotta, you can't drop the ball, you can't drop the assignment just because that person may not be doing, let, let me throw this, I have to say this, I have to, the Holy Spirit, just say whatever you wanna say. A lot of times when you pray as an intercessor, and this is spiritual warfare 101, a lot of times when you pray as an intercessor and you pray God's will into the earth, usually what's going to happen is the exact opposite of what you prayed for. So in the earth, now in the spirit realm, it's already done because you have that authority. Again, you're operating from the third heaven and you have that authority to make in the name of Jesus, earth align with heaven. However, when you pray it and it's done in the spirit What's going to happen in the natural realm or in the first heaven or in this earth is that the devil is going to throw something to cause it to look like what you just prayed for didn't happen. And that's a war that that warfare is against your faith because he knows the devil knows that what you just prayed, the authority, because remember, you have authority over his power, right? So the devil knows that because you got authority over his power, what you just prayed as an intercessor is already done. However, if the devil can get you to change your confession by getting you to, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. If the devil can get you to change your confession on what you just prayed by getting you to walk by sight and not by faith, then everything that you just prayed and decreed and released in, in, in the third heaven, everything that you just released while you were standing in the gap as an intercessor, you just pulled it back down with your own mouth. You just pulled it back down with your own doubt. So that's spiritual warfare 101. When you're standing in your authority as an intercessor, know that the devil is going to throw something to make you think that what you just decreed and declared did not happen. But you got to know in your nor of knowers, you got to know in your spirit that once you pray it, once you release it, it is done. You just got to keep speaking it, keep standing on it until you see in the earth, in the first heaven, what has already been done in the third heaven. All right. So that's your assignment. As an intercessor, it is your authority. It's your assignment to pray that thing all the way through. You can't give up in the middle of an assignment. I don't care how crazy that person starts acting. You got to stay on your assignment. All right. So now let's see. Okay. As I said in the beginning of the lesson, um, intercessors fall into the category of being prophetic. So in a sense, like I said, they are prophets. They're generally non-speaking prophets. They don't usually confront a spirit in the physical realm. They handle the confrontation in the spirit realm. They handle it in prayer. That's their authority as an intercessor. Some of you have probably seen like that image where they have the eagle and the snake and the eagle is on the ground. And while the eagle is on the ground, the snake is like wrapped around the eagle's foot. But then once that eagle launches up into the air, it takes that snake out of its territory. And so now the eagle has dominion over the snake because it took the snake out of its environment. You can't fight the devil in the earth. You can't fight the devil as an intercessor. You cannot fight. Go back to Ephesians 6. We're talking about spirit. You're fighting in the spirit realm. So as an intercessor, you got to be that eagle. You're not going to fight things in the natural realm. 
and because you're not necessarily a speaking prophet you're not going to confront things so much in the natural realm everything that you handle you're doing it in the spirit realm in prayer you're that kind of person where somebody will come up to you and they'll start talking about their problems and while they're talking about their problems you'll cut them off and you'll go to praying in tongues you'll go to speaking and praying like forget all that that's carnal that's flesh stuff. let's pray Let's intercede. I got the authority. Let's pray about it. And they looking at you like, well, don't you want to hear my problem? No, I don't want to hear your problems. I got authority in prayer in the name of Jesus to fix this problem. So stop talking about it and let's intercede. Let's pray. Let's pray about it. So an intercessor is going to handle things in the spirit. They're going to handle it in the air. That's their authority. That's their jurisdiction. Your jurisdiction is in the spirit. Your jurisdiction is in the third heaven, not in the first heaven. You speak in the first heaven, but you rule from the third heaven. I pray that makes sense. Now, this is going to get some people right here. Everybody is not an intercessor. Everybody is not an intercessor. No matter how bad everybody wants to be an intercessor, everybody is not an intercessor. To be an intercessor, you have to have your ear to the heart of God. You have to live a life that is holy. You have to live a life that is set apart or consecrated because when you're living the life of, of a sinner, and we know that a sinner is a person who practices sin, when you're living the life of a sinner, that perpetual state of sin removes your ability to hear from God. So if you can't hear from God, you can't be an intercessor. If you're not living a, a consecrated life, you can't be an intercessor because you're not hearing from God. Sin separates you from God. So everybody is not an intercessor. Would God love for everybody to be an intercessor? Absolutely. But everybody's not willing to pay the price to operate in that type of authority. So the pastor can't make you an intercessor. Being on the prayer team can't make you an intercessor. You saying that you're an intercessor can't make you an intercessor. You know if you're an intercessor. If you're an intercessor, you know that you, you know, you just different. You set apart things bother you that don't bother nobody else. You like the odd one in a group. Everybody else thinking stuff is okay, but you the one because you got your ear to God's heartbeat. You hearing what God is saying about the situation. You're hearing what God is saying about the person. So you know, you, you know if you're an intercessor, period. You will have no doubt about it. You know that you have God's heart. But everybody is not one. Everybody should be one, but everybody's not one. So intercessors, they are the ears and the eyes in the body of Christ. So they see what others don't see and they hear what others don't hear and they pray accordingly. Intercessors are called to see. In a sense, they're seers, just like you have the seer prophets. They see, but they don't necessarily say what they see to other people. They Again, they handle it in the spirit realm. They don't confront like a speaking prophet does. So intercessors are the eyes and ears in the body of Christ. They see what others don't see. They hear what others don't hear. And they pray accordingly. They are the watchmen or watch women on the wall in the body of Christ. They're also the spiritual gatekeepers in the earth. So during ancient times, the job of the watchmen uh, was to basically walk the walls of the city to look out for danger that's trying to come in from outside of the camp. 
when they saw the danger, they would warn the people. While the prophets are usually the ones assigned to warn the people, intercessors are the ones who pray away the danger that they see. So God shows you something, you see it. Uh, first of all, nothing should get past an intercessor. No, no move of anything should get past an intercessor in this earth. Whether you're operating in a church, whether you're operating in a ministry, whether you're just operating on your job, nothing should move. No spirit should be able to move without the intercessor seeing that spirit. When you really got your ear to God's heart, intercessors are keen discerners. Keen discern. They they are they're sharp with it. They don't miss with it. Again, they're prophets. They're just non-speaking prophets. But an intercessor, they see the smallest thing. They see the smallest thing moving. Don't nobody else see it. One of the ways that God trained, and it's going to seem weird maybe to some people, but I mean, hey, God takes the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Confound the wise. But when God was training me in the prophetic, this was like 2006, 2007, he trained my eyes to see the smallest things and again, it sounds crazy, but it worked. But one of the things that God would have me do is I would like watch ants, ants, tiny, tiny ants. So I would like just be sitting on a sidewalk and he would call my attention to an ant. And my responsibility was to watch that ant move as far across that lot as I could. And I saw that ant a long distance, but God was training my eyes to see the littlest thing to watch it, like don't let it get past out of your out of your eyesight. But it was training my spiritual eyesight as well because with me, I see things that a lot of times people don't see and it's little things that people be missing, but it's because God has trained my eyes. The discernment is like, it's sharp, but the way he trained me was different. And I don't know how I got on that, but intercessors, your eyes are trained to see what others don't see, okay? So you, 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 you have to be able to see it. And once you see it, you have to pray it away. Not talk about it again, not gossip about it and tell other people what you see, not tell other people the dangers that you see. It, even in a church, even in a ministry, like I said, you see the littlest things. So God can show you things that's going on in the ministry or things that's going on in this church. He don't, he's not showing it to you. He's not showing that ant to you so that you can tell other people about it. He's showing it to you so that you can pray his will concerning that situation. That's your assignment as an intercessor. That's why he's letting you see it so you can pray it away. Pray God's will into that situation. So again, as gatekeepers, the intercessor is also responsible for keeping trespassers away from the gates. Intercessors have the authority to bind trespassing spirits. And I can't see my chat right now. I can't, remember, can't see if Sister Jamie's still in the room because <laughs> I know we had talked before about trespassing spirits. Intercessors have the authority to bind trespassing spirits. So I was telling you some lessons ago, trespassing spirits are spirits that are operating in this earth without a body. It's illegal for any spirit to operate inside in this earth anywhere without a body. So when you see spirits operating in atmospheres and when you see principalities operating over regions and cities and all these things, 
you as an intercessor, you have the authority to bind those spirits because they're trespassing. They're operating without a body. Whether it's through witchcraft or whatever, they're operating without a body. So you have that authority to bind trespassing spirits. That's why you got to pray to for God to show you what the spirit is over certain cities. God just blew me away recently because I'm always asking him to like, show me how to pray. Show me how to pray for this city. Show me what the principality is over this city. Show me this, show me. And he always does it. But one thing that I did not know that God recently showed me while I was on my last consecration was Atlanta. So I'm from Atlanta and I've been praying for Atlanta, but God showed me the, the, the principality that's over that region is actually idolatry. I didn't know that before. I mean, I know all the stuff that goes on in Atlanta, but I didn't know the root of it was idolatry. So I'm like, well, God, how is it idolatry? He said, look up the meaning of the word Atlanta. Atlanta is actually the name of a false god. I did not know that. <laughs> I did not know that. So that's a whole nother lesson because God has been teaching me some things about how... Um, I don't know if some of y'all saw my social media posts about Maui when there were all those fires in Maui and the Lord had me post because a lot of people were saying, pray for Maui, pray for Maui, pray for Maui. But Maui is a false God and Holy Spirit led me to post. Don't pray for Maui, pray for God's people at Maui because saying pray for Maui is like asking God to save a false God. And that ain't going to happen because that goes against God's will. So then when God showed me that Atlanta is named after a false God, I'm like, but God, you called me to Atlanta and I know you called me to Atlanta. So did I not hear you call me to Atlanta? So I was like, okay, well, ha Holy Spirit, how do I handle this? Are you saying move? <laughs> Are you saying move from Atlanta? Like what Holy Spirit? So anyway, he said, handle it the way it's handled in my word. So I'm like, well, how is it handled in your word, Lord? So I did some research and I found out that um, Corinth, Cor the Corinthian church, Corinthian was actually the name, it was named after a false God. So the way Paul handled that, the way it's handled in the word of God is that they weren't called the Corinthians, which would be named after the false God. Paul called them the church at Corinth. All right. And then the other one was Ephesus. I think that was the other one that was also named after a false God, but they weren't called the Ephesians. They were called the church at Ephesus. So now I'm referring to myself, not as being necessarily from Atlanta, but I am the church at Atlanta. But now that God has revealed this as an intercessor, it's a different way. I actually, I'm led to blow my shofar over the city whenever I get back, however, whenever the Lord leads me to do so. But with that revelation, now I need to blow the shofar over the city as an intercessor because God has given me that authority to break down that idolatrous demon that's over the city. But with idolatry also comes witchcraft, also comes rebellion. But at the root of it, it's idolatry. And I'm just showing you, I'm talking about this because it kind of ties in with the authority that we have as an intercessor. Your ear is to the heart of God. God tells you what's really going on. And then it's your assignment as an intercessor to pray God's will into that situation. So for Atlanta, 
Those of you who have a burden to pray for Atlanta, we're operating in the third heaven. So if God says it's a principality of idolatry that's over the city, that means we need to start praying against that spirit of idolatry, that spirit of witchcraft. And for others who may not be from Atlanta, ask God, what's the principality over this city? And he'll show it to you. You may have to be on a consecration or a fast like I was, but he'll speak to you because he wants you. He Remember, he was astonished that there was no intercessor to pray his will into the earth. So God wants you to know his will. He wants you to know what to pray against because he's giving you that authority for a reason. He wants you to exercise that authority. So when you know what to pray for and you know how to pray, now you can exercise that authority and heaven is going to back you up because you're praying God's will. Thank you, Holy Spirit. That needed to be said. That needed to be said for somebody, whether on the live or the replay. You got to exercise your authority. All right. So moving on, where was I? Um, yeah. Intercessors have the authority to bind trespassing spirits. So yeah, that spirit of idolatry, that's what I was saying. So that spirit of idolatry that's over Atlanta, that's a trespassing spirit because that's a spirit that's over the city. That's a principality that's over the city that's operating without a body. That's illegal. That's illegal. So as an intercessor, you have the authority to bind any spirit that's operating outside of a body. Now, can you bind spirits that's inside of a body? I would not recommend it because if that person doesn't, if somebody is hosting a spirit that's not Holy Spirit and you bind that spirit and they're not ready to be delivered, then you're going to be doing more harm than good by binding that spirit. Because the Bible says that when that unclean spirit goes out of a man, it's going to go through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. And he's going to come back and return to his house, bringing seven other demons more wicked than himself. So you can bind spirits that's not trespassing in the atmosphere, that's actually inside of another person, but as an intercessor, don't do that. Because remember I just said, uh, the authority of the intercessor will never supersede another person's will. It's not gonna supersede God's word. It's not gonna supersede another person's will. So if that person that you're praying for and interceding for and standing in the gap for, if they don't wanna be delivered, do not pray for them to be delivered because it's gonna do more harm than good. All right, we're talking about the authority of the intercessor, what you have the authority to do, what you should do, what you should not do. So do not do not bind spirits that's in other people. If the, some people like their demons, some people like some people don't. For example, you might have somebody who they're on disability. They're getting their disability check and you're praying for them to be healed. Well, deep down inside, they don't want to be healed because if they get this is a crazy example, but it's the truth. If you pray for them to get healed, now they're going to lose their disability check. It's like the, they don't want to be healed. So you will be doing more damage to try to bind the spirit of infirmity that they want to keep. That's their pet demon. So always ask a person, do they want to be delivered? If they don't want to be delivered, and that's why sometimes on Friday Night Fire, especially concerning like Greek organizations and Freemasonry, I'll ask the person, do they want to let it go? Because if they don't want to let it go, there's no need in me even praying for deliverance because it's going to do more harm than good. They're not ready to be free. They don't want to be free. So at best, what you can do as an intercessor is use your authority to 
call, not bind the strong man of deception because again, you're not binding anything if they don't want to be free, but you can command that strong man of deception to stand down so that they can receive the truth. And God will cause his angels to hold that strong man down so that person cannot say that they never heard the truth. They heard it, they just chose not to receive it. But that's your authority as an intercessor. So what I'm going to, what I'm going to do next, I'm going to read a couple of excerpts. I wrote a book, this was like many years ago, what, like 2006, 2007? Um, but it was like a mini book, ebook called Eight Powers of the Prophet. And I'm going to read like two different chapters from it because, again, intercessors are prophets. And these two chapters actually applies to the intercessors as well. So as I read these, ex and by the way, if any of you want that book, I, I usually don't sell my books. I usually just give them away and sow them as seed. So if any of you want that book, Eight Powers of the Prophet, um, Go, you just send me an email, DM, or whatever, and I'll send you a copy of it, a digital download of it. But anyway, um, th this is two excerpts from Eight Powers of the Prophet. This one, this chapter is called The Power to See. So again, as I read these excerpts, understand that anytime I mention the term seer or prophet, these same principles also apply to the intercessor, okay? Because they're all intercessors. So all prophets or intercessors have the ability to see. Sometimes after they see, God will instruct them to speak to the situation. A seer who is not a prophet, on the other hand, will be allowed to see things, but will very seldom, if at all, be required by God to speak to the situation. So that kind of applies to the intercessor, that seer part where you see it, but you're usually not required to speak to the situation. You speak to it in prayer, but not in the first heaven. You're not confronting it in the natural. You're confronting it in the spirit. So a seer functions as the eyes in the body of Christ. The, I told you a few minutes ago, the intercessor there are the ears and the eyes of the body of Christ. So a seer, inter, I'm just going to start replacing these words as intercessor instead of saying seer or prophet, so I don't confuse you. But an intercessor functions as the eyes in the body of Christ. Um, as an intercessor, you see a lot of things that others don't see. So God will allow you to see the spirits that are operating and functioning in and through an individual or an organization. So when a prophet is operating as a seer, he must tread ever so carefully so that he will not become subject to a judgmental spirit. This also applies to the intercessor. When God shows you something, you gotta tread lightly because he's not showing it to you for you to become judgmental. Now, there are two types of judging. There is judging that falls into the same category as condemning. Then there's the judging that's equivalent to discerning. So the seer's job or the intercessor's job is to discern and not condemn. So you are to judge, discern, not judge, condemn, intercessor. So whenever God allows me to see things, my first response to God is always going to be, God, is it me? And the reason I do this is because prophets are human. Because they're human, it is possible for them to operate in the flesh. All right, there have been an occasion or two where God told me it's you. However, that does not happen often. 99.999% of the time, I'm seeing correctly through the eyes of God and not my own. 
So as an intercessor, you too should always ask, Lord, is it me? Is there anything down in my spirit that should not be there? Remember, we talked about those traumatic experiences that you may not be healed from. Ask God, is there anything down in my spirit that should not be there that would cause me to be feeling this way about this person or this organization? All right, maybe, you know, something with jealousy. So you're looking at a person and you're misjudging them because you are, you, 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 you're dealing with jealousy that you never healed from. So that's your flesh. That's not God speaking to you about that person. That's the spirit of jealousy speaking to you about that person. So always ask God, is it me? And then after you ask God that question, wait for an answer. You wait as long as you need to wait until God reveals to you that it's not you and that he's actually trying to show you something that's there, that's in operation. Remember that ant? He shows you the little things, the little things that other people can't see. So you, you wait until God tells you that it's not you and you see that he's actually trying to show you that ant that's not of him. So when God allows you to see that ant, He's going to give you a burden. He's going to give you a burden to pray. The burden will reveal to you what it is that God wants you to do regarding that matter. He'll reveal to you his heart concerning the situation. And after he reveals his heart to you, it's your duty to pray until you see God's perfect will accomplished in the situation. Remember I said a few minutes ago, your job as an intercessor is to pray it all the way through. You don't drop the ball. So when the devil start, when you praying is done in the spirit and the devil throws something in the natural to make it look like what you just prayed for didn't happen, you don't drop the ball. You pray until God lifts the burden off of you, okay? You pray all the way through. You got to pray it all the way through. That's your authority as an intercessor to pray it all the way through. So one of the problems that we're facing in the body of Christ is that, is that the eyes are closed. The eyes are closed. The eyes in the body of Christ, the ears in the body of Christ, they're closed. So there are too many seers or intercessors running from their responsibility to see and pray. They'll say, and I'm reading from my book, right? So this is how I wrote it. I'm just going to read it how I wrote it. But they'll say, doesn't Pastor ABC see what Pastor XYZ is doing? Or doesn't Sister Butterfinger see that Sister Milky Way is just trying to take over and run the group? I'm just going to leave the group. If that's your attitude, my response to you is this. Don't leave the group. Stay there and pray. The truth of the matter is that Sister Butterfinger has not discerned that Sister Milky Way is operating under the influence of a Jezebel spirit. God has shown you so that you can pray that spirit out of the group. Because you are a seer or an intercessor, your discernment is keen, is sharp when it comes to discerning the motives and intent of a person or an organization. You can see it just as clear as day, the spirit that is a driving force behind that person or that organization. If you run from being an intercessor, then nothing changes. If you pray about the thing God shows you, I guarantee 100% that you will see God's hand move regarding the matter. So as an intercessor, you must also be careful that you don't go around telling other people what God has shown you. This is something that should be kept between you and God alone. What God shows the intercessor is classified as top secret information and should be guarded as such. 
The intercessor's job is to pray about it and wrestle with it until God's perfect will is accomplished. If you go around telling others what God has shown you, then it becomes gossip. The spirit of gossip will mess your spirit up and pull you out of the consecrated place that God desires you to be as his intercessor. So that was from the power to see. The next excerpt that I'm going to read from Eight Powers of the Prophet, which is, of course, also Eight Powers of the Intercessor, is the power to pray. It's all about prayer. It's all about prayer. All right. So the word intercede means to stand in the gap. God's desire is for his intercessor to stand in the gap between him and the earth to bridge the two together. When the intercessor stands in the gap and prays for God's perfect will to cross over the prophetic bridge and connect with the earth, things begin to shift and move in the earth. It's great that God has given power to the intercessor to live consecrated. It's great that his intercessor has been granted the power to see, the power of empathy, the power to gaze. These are all the different chapters I wrote in the book. The power to walk and the power to command angels. But all of that power means nothing if the intercessor does not have the power to stand in the gap and birth the perfect will of God into the earth through prayer. It is vital that the intercessor not drop the ball of prayer and intercession. When God gives them a word, a burden or instruction, the intercessor must grab hold of it like a bulldog with a piece of meat and they must war with it in prayer and not let go until God has placed a divine release in their spirit, indicating that his perfect will has been accomplished. So to the intercessor, I say this, don't feel bad if you've missed it in the past, all right? So don't feel bad. You know, we, we read this chapter where God was astonished. He was angry that there was no intercessor. He couldn't find an intercessor. God is a forgiving God. What is important is that now moving forward, now that you understand what your assignment is as an intercessor, what your authority is in prayer and the different levels of prayer, now what's important is that you acknowledge that you've neglected your responsibility as an intercessor to pray heaven down to earth. And then after acknowledging your neglect, ask God to trust you again with the power to pray his will into the earth. It would be God's delight to hear you say that. All of heaven and earth is waiting for God's intercessors to pray. Heaven and earth knows that where there is no prayer, there is no power. Where there is little prayer, there is little power. And where there is much prayer, there is much power. Pray, intercessor, pray. And I end with that. That is your authority. God has called you to be his representative in the earth, to legislate in the earth from the third heaven according to his perfect will. So that is your authority as the intercessor. And that is the end of this series. That is the end of this lesson on tonight. And so I'm gonna go ahead and open up the floor for any of you that may have any questions, comments, or feedback concerning what you heard on tonight. Um, I'll give you about 60 seconds. Those of you who are on the live stream from my website, if you have questions, go ahead and jump on over on the Podbean app so you can interact and ask questions. I'll give you 60 seconds to get over here. And if no questions or feedback, we'll go ahead and close out with prayer. 
and let me go ahead yes so um jamie you said you well you thought it was perversion over atlanta it's a lot of stuff over atlanta but the root of it is that it's an idolatrous city once you have idolatry then everything becomes perverted i mean because you're basically worshiping a false god instead of a true god so yes it's a lot of stuff over atlanta and i'm gonna mute my mic real quick while i set up my audio so we can close out with our song i'll give you about 30 more seconds anyone got comments any more comments or feedback or anyone coming over from my website you got about 30 more seconds Alrighty, so we'll assume there are no questions, no one coming over from the website. So let's go ahead and close out with prayer. Let's go ahead and close out with prayer, and then we'll play the song. The song that we're closing out with is also by Minister Gooch as well. His last name is G-U-C, and the title of the song is going to be Knowing You. So Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this lesson on tonight. We thank you, Father, for awakening the intercessors all over this land. If there was anyone, Father, on the live or the replay that's been sleeping on their responsibility as an intercessor in this earth, Father, I pray that you awaken them, that you light a fire in them, Father. Give them a passion to be that, to be your intercessor in this earth, Father, to be that one bridging the gap between heaven and earth, to be that one decreeing and declaring your perfect will into the earth, Father, where they're cooperating with you to bring heaven down to earth in the name of Jesus. So thank you for letting them know that authority that you've trusted them with, O oh Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for helping them to operate in that authority and not abuse that authority. Thank you for helping them to operate as intercessors who have your true heart, Father. Thank you for helping them to operate from that place of healing. Thank you for healing all wounds, Father, even wounds that they may not even know that they have. Places where they've numbed the pain instead of dealing with it, Lord. Thank you for removing the band-aid from those wounds and healing them, Father, so that they can be your effective intercessors in this earth, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, for taking their prayer life, taking their intercessory life, Father, to another place, to another realm, by helping them to understand the authority that you've entrusted them with, O oh Lord. Let them not take it lightly, Father. Let them count it in honor counted an honor that you've chosen them father to have their their ear on your heart so that they can always know father what your heart is concerning a matter concerning a situation let them not think twice about what you what they hear father your sheep they they know your voice and the voice of a stranger they won't follow so they have an ear to hear your voice they have an ear to hear your heart so let them not doubt what they hear father let them be confident about what they hear and help them to also be confident as they pray about what they hear, what you show them. Thank you for choosing them to be the eyes and the ears in the body of Christ. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. 
Thank you, Father, for helping them to guard spiritual intel that you release into them. Thank you, Father, for helping them to keep it a secret between you and them and the earth, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I thank you, Father, that because they are your intercessors, every word that they speak, Father, and release into this earth according to your perfect will, Father, I thank you that you will never let one word fall to the ground. But all of heaven is waiting for them to speak and decree a thing, Father, so that heaven can back it up and cause it to come to pass in the name of Jesus. So thank you also, Father, for those angels that are ministering spirits that's surrounding your intercessors all over this earth. And thank you, Father, that those angels are going to minister, Father, and cause every word to come to pass in the name of Jesus. So again, Father, we thank you for the assignment. We thank you for the assignment in the name of jesus and father we seal this room we count it done we seal it with the name of jesus the blood of jesus may it bless those who also listen on the replay in jesus name amen amen so blessings to you i pray y'all have a blessed wonderful rest of your week and of course we will be back friday night for friday night fire at 10 p.m eastern time i'm gonna go ahead and play this music enjoy the worship i love you all be blessed.